From Oaxaca to LA, La Serranita was created by two sisters, Melina and Anaí Cruz Bautista, as a project to not only reflect and grow, but to also honor the communities that have raised them. Join these two sisters as they attempt to make sense of their upbringing on borrowed land. And again, as always, welcome to the space. Feliz día y bienvenidos. What we just heard was a snippet of Sones y Jarabes from La Sierra Juarez, brought to you by Maqueos Music. Maqueos Music was actually recently featured in the new Netflix show City of Ghosts, which was released on March 5th of 2021. For folks who haven't seen the show already, Meli and I strongly encourage that y'all watch that before tuning into today's episode. Yes, shout out to Elizabeth Ito for this new project. Episode 2 is actually titled La Ciudad de Fantasmas, inspired by the City of Ghosts. For those who aren't yet familiar with Elizabeth Ito, she has worked in the animation industry for about 15 years now. So shout out to her. She finally completed her first series, City of Ghosts, now streaming on Netflix. She is a proud Asian-American mother, born and raised here in the city of LA. Before bringing us City of Ghosts, she actually worked on projects such as Adventure Time, The Bee Movie, and Welcome to My Life on Cartoon Network. So again, she has had years of experience in this industry. We are so proud of you, Elizabethito. Major congratulations to your entire team. We are, again, excited to see more. For those who haven't had the chance to watch the show already, each episode is less than 20 minutes long and the season as of right now only has about six episodes. It is super kid friendly as well, so we recommend y'all watch it with your little brothers, your nephews, etc. Melly and I did not watch it with any kids around, but we still felt like we really enjoyed the show and felt super connected. What makes this show special is definitely the communities that it highlights they bring in representation on a lot of topics and they highlight communities like Boyle Heights Koreatown and Venice um, and so much more the way we actually found out about this project being released was through Oaxacan Twitter and Instagram so shout out to y'all for putting us on so through the show you are introduced to the ghost club which consists of Zelda Ava Thomas and Peter and they're all little traviesos who are like eight years old. And essentially their mission for the club is to go around the city of LA and find ghosts. We're not gonna lie, the reason Melly and I wanted to dedicate episode two to this new show is because of episode six. I'm just seeing Koreatown be highlighted through the Oaxacan population present and also just in general seeing people who look like us be visible on a platform like Netflix kind of just hit different for us. Um, but in general, this show, Melly and I acknowledge that it's really impactful to our new generations just because of the different identities and conversations introduced. Yes, this show is amazing and it actually inspired me to create lesson plans for my students. I do work with middle school and I truly emphasize representation no matter where you go you should always be very proud of your the city you come from where you come from and elizabeth ito did so great when pitching this idea with even like the team she hired the people she included all community-based so shout out to elizabeth ito i cannot stress that enough not only did this show do a good job at representing the different communities present here in la 
but also within the ghost club they provided different identities that you don't traditionally see in other tv shows i think Melly and i talked about how our generation you know we grew up with barney and dora but this new generation they're growing up with netflix shows you know and now one of these shows is city of ghosts and within the ghost club they have thomas who is the historian and thomas actually goes by they them pronouns and it introduces this conversation of what are pronouns what is gender what even is gender neutral you know and we never had that representation we didn't even have those conversations be being so young and now we're really glad that the work of elizabeth ethos has dedicated itself to providing these different identities not only does the show cover the importance of identity but we also have each episode bringing up conversations such as displacement, colonization, the importance of land acknowledgement, and at the end of the day, the beauty of our cultures. Yeah, all episodes highlighted some history behind the communities introduced within the show. I also really appreciated that they brought up topics like music and food. They recognized like punk, jazz, jarabes, and other styles of music. Um, and emphasize that it is through these methods that we are able to stay connected to our culture. Before I forget, episode 5 did cover a really important topic, which is displacement. On a higher note, we do see Bob Baker announcing the fact that they had to move from Echo Park to Highland Park due to rent increase and gentrification overall. Today, it is very important to highlight what is going on around us, how Echo Park has been affected throughout the years, and how, at the end of the day, the community can show up for one another. Yeah, we for sure encourage everyone to go ahead and do their research on what's going on in Echo Park, what's been going on for a couple of years now, and honestly, just show up for our unhoused neighbors. We often have this mentality that, well, it's not my community, why should I care, right? Um, but it can happen to any of us. So we really want to emphasize the importance of being vocal and showing up for one another. Talking about displacement, Annie and I did want to bring up a connection we had to episode one. Within this episode, we meet our first ghost, who is named Janet, and she does bring up a childhood memory how she was known as the daughter of the lady who owns the cleaners, and we instantly just cracked up um, because, again, Anai and I were raised by our dope-ass mom um, inside her CD shop that later on turned into a dry-cleaning business over on Venice and Burlington. Yeah, for sure. Growing up, we were always referred to as the daughters of Carmen or the daughters of the lady who owned the cleaners. So when we watched this episode, we felt seen. You know, we felt like, oh, wow, people grow up like us. Um, she talked about going to her mom's store right after school, and that's exactly how Melly and I grew up, which was crazy. For a long time, Melly and I grew up on Venice at the shop where my mom was at. We lived like down the block, and we were really protected by the streets because my mom knew a lot of the community members, and it was just really nice growing up that way. We would walk with so much security, because we knew we had people in the community protecting us and looking after us. Um, but unfortunately, in the year of 2011, um, rent ended up 
increasing and we had to leave um, the Venice location we were at. And we moved to Pico Union where rent was a lot cheaper and we've kind of been there ever since. Shout out to Pico Union for welcoming us with open arms, forever grateful. This is why this conversation is so important to us. The business has had to move three times due to rent increase and housing wise, we've actually moved four times due to the same reason. It has for sure been a journey, especially seeing the shop that saw us grow up now be occupied by white folks. It's hurtful and oftentimes we don't have these conversations or we don't like to put our business out there like, yeah, we've been displaced, yeah, we've gone through poverty for the simple fact that we don't want others to feel uncomfortable, right? But this conversation is very much necessary and we need to highlight the different journeys people have especially here in LA. LA seems to be changing a lot, especially within the recent years. And we need to open up the space to talk about the folks that are affected. But Melly and I did wanna emphasize that these conversations are very much necessary and City of Ghosts now serves as another reminder that we should not tiptoe around these, I guess, uncomfortable topics, especially because the youth are watching us and we're setting an example So instead of avoiding these conversations when they're around, we should include them in these conversations while being honest and transparent about the reality we are currently living. Now, moving on to episode six, can we please acknowledge how badass Yulisa Maqueos is. For those of you who don't know who Miss Yulisa Maqueos is, she is currently the band director over at Maqueos Music School here in LA. Shout out to her. She is also from La Sierra Norte, from San Andres Olaga, so really close to our pueblo. We love to see it. We for sure love to see it. So episode six does center around Yulisa and her title as the music director of Maqueos Music, We also meet Chepe, who is a ghost um, for this episode, but he is no typical ghost. He is actually an alebrije, and they go into detail what an alebrije is throughout the episode. Um, We also meet Professor Felipe, who helps the ghost club locate Chepe. And similar to the other episodes, this episode does center around finding the ghost, which is Chepe, and reuniting Yulisa and Chep it together um, for them to have like this conversation in regards to her going away to college and it was just kind of really emotional too just because they face this conversation in regards to leaving one another and you know them being so close I think what made it especially like emotional when watching the episode was knowing that Chepe was voiced by Ulisa's dad and then just them kind of confronting that conversation I'm really happy she didn't leave um because I would have been really sad but also like I just really appreciated that they highlighted that um and also just I feel like it was a episode six was a really good way to like finish off the season uh just saying a handful of you actually shared your own experience while watching the series so thank you all for being so vulnerable because yes we rarely see ourselves truly represented on mainstream media and again Elizabethito's team did so well But I did want to share that we actually did sit down with our mom to watch this episode in both English and Spanish. And yo, when I tell you the emotions that like just kept coming in the span and 
less than like 20 minutes was so cool um yet again a roller coaster at the same time um it brought back a lot of emotions because Annie was actually the first to leave LA when pursuing higher education and she's a baby of the family so my mom was not ready to see her like fly um, but it has been a beautiful experience and then again while watching this show my mom was able to share more with Annie and just share gratitude that she's back home yeah actually when we watched it um it was definitely emotional not only like the representation like we've said but just i guess in connection to our own experiences and relating it back to like me leaving my mom would always tell me like okay so a little background my our mom i keep saying my mom our mom left um for high school también back in the pueblo um her pueblo doesn't have a high school in oaxaca so she had to go to Itzlan, I think she went. Um, but basically, she had to go live with another family. And it's like studying far away. Um, and like basically, like how it is here, leaving to like another city for college or whatever. And she never understood what she had put her mom through in terms of like, you know, her leaving the nest, leaving home. And it wasn't until I left for college um, for those that don't know, I do go to Berkeley, so it's like seven hours away. It's a good drive. But when I left, she told me the same thing. She's like, you know, she was emotional about me leaving and like not being home with her anymore. And also given that I'm the youngest, but she also shared, she's like, now, now I understand what I put my mother through when I was, you know, 16, I think when she was like in high school. And... I didn't get it because obviously I don't have children of my own leaving for college. And so I was like, yeah, mom, you'll get over it. You know, like, you know, I knew it was emotional, but ni tanto, right? And then I saw this episode and I'm like, oh my gosh, like, because she also just looked at me. She's like, this is how sad it is. Like, it, it's sad. And I'm just like, damn, like, it is sad. And we were just kind of all three of us together. And I'm like, I wanted to tell her, like, I'm sorry, but I mean, I already did what I did. I left and... It, it's also been a really beautiful journey like seeing my growth and seeing me be away from my family but like even then um even being seven hours away like it's weird that I even grew closer to my family by still being so far um I thought I was gonna go like farther apart from them but we grew closer which was also really beautiful but that's why I did appreciate the show um specifically highlighting this like i guess relationship between parent and child in terms of leaving home for for college right um but yeah that was actually one of the like nicest experiences that came out of this show um it was just kind of beautiful seeing i guess our mom connected to like our life and then just her sharing what it felt like and me kind of realizing this it was a lot of reflection a lot of emotions um as we've said before <laughs> Before I forget, I did want to mention that our mom is actually teaching us Zapoteco. So throughout the episode, it was really funny to have her like ask us to pause um, right after Chepis spoke in order to translate exactly what he was saying. And she actually mentioned that she caught on to Chepis um, Zapoteco a little faster than she did with Professor Felipe's. And that does go back to Zapoteco having so many variants. So let's not forget that. It was actually funny because she kept mentioning that Chepa's voice sounded a little bit more familiar than she thought. And again, it goes back to 
her realizing that it was voiced by Mr. Maqueos, which turns out to be her primo lejano, who she knows as Tani, that does end up making Yulisa, nuestra prima lejana, which is, again, hilarious because as Annie and I grow up, like, LA is so tiny. We find paisanos anywhere, and it's amazing to see us take up space. So, again, if anyone should be highlighted, it is our community members, and Maqueo's music has done amazing throughout the years. So, it's so cute to see all of us taking up space and doing what we're doing today. So, again, shout out to Maqueo's music. Y'all are amazing. Episode 6 for sure highlights the impact of Oaxaca, California and our presence here in LA, but I'm really happy that they focus specifically on Koreatown just because it does have a large Oaxacan population and in connections to um, the migrations of the 1980s, a lot of Oaxacans ended up going to Koreatown and a lot of them are very much present today. Um, Shout out to all our listeners who reside in Koreatown. Y'all are dope. But specifically, this episode really highlighted not only Maqueo's music, but the importance of the bandas, jarabes, the importance of language. They not only acknowledge Zapoteco, but also whistling as a form of language. And actually talking about whistling, that Sunday before we watched the episode... (laughs) We went hiking with our mom, and I don't even know how the conversation was brought up, but Meli and I ended up talking to our mom about whistling and how it's used as a language in Oaxaca, and she did bring up like connections, like she talked about our uncle or our dad who used whistling as a form of communication, and it was even before watching episode six, right? And we were just like, yeah, that's crazy. Like, we really know what people say just by whistling. And there's whole ass communities that communicate solely through whistling. And then that same day, we went and watched episode six. And in the episode, they mentioned whistling. And I was just like, isn't that funny how life works? How like just conversations come into connection with one another? Yes, if you are from Koreatown or you grew up in the area, you already know that o si bajas por la tercera, escuchas un chiflido at any time. And it is so funny to like have that incorporated onto this show so nicely. So again, shout out to the team. As we had this conversation prior to watching the episode, we mentioned that in La Región Mazateca, they recognize whistling as a language. They refer to it as the language Mazateco, and it does belong to the Otomangen language family, which, again, Zapoteco, Chinanteco, and Mixteco are also under the same family. So our mom did talk about, like, we didn't grow up recognizing whistling, like, as a language, but it for sure was implemented in our communication like we already knew our dad's whistles our uncle's whistles like they have distinct methods of like or distinct chiflados like melissa that let us know like when they're here like i know our dad used to whistle that he was downstairs and be like oh dad's here like let's go and this whole time we just thought it was like you know a, a easy way of communication but it's literally how some folks grow up in the pueblo just whistling and also just like learning it through the birds like 
I don't know. That was just so pretty to like have that incorporated within the episode. But like I said before, there's so much that was done in a 20 minute episode. Um, so shout out to Elizabeth Itos because they included some really good stuff in the Koreatown episode that Melly and I very much were happy to see and we're happy that they were highlighted. Um, for transparency, episode two was kind of a hard episode of film just because Melly and I wanted to include so many things about the show overall and we knew our paisanos would especially appreciate us focusing on episode six, but we found all the other episodes equally important and valuable um, and necessary. So shout out to City of Ghosts, everyone behind the team, behind putting this show together. Y'all are dope for real. But again, Melly and I can do like an episode for each of the communities highlighted and we would love to, but we would be here for like hours. Um, so just our final thoughts of the show in general, we're super grateful that something like this exists, especially for our youth. We do have a seven-year-old nephew and Melly made him watch the show and luckily he liked it, but we were just like, please, please be grateful for a show like this because we didn't have that growing up. Um, and he did like it. He was entertained by it. So Again, we can't emphasize this enough. Please watch City of Ghosts if you haven't already. Um, and if you have, continue promoting it, you know. Just telling your friends, your family, especially younger children that you know. Like, hey, watch this show. It's on Netflix. Um, it's pretty cool. But in general, just this show is just so important. All the episodes were so nice to watch. And they were all kind of, like, obviously heartfelt, but invoke different emotions for Melly and I separately, which was nice to see how we both thought of it in our own way, um, through our different perspectives, of course. Before we begin wrapping up this episode, I did want to mention that aside from Annie and I being Oaxaqueñas, the reason why this Koreatown episode is so special is because si venimos de familia de músicos, from La Sierra Juarez to Los Angeles, our mom always emphasized that music was played at home um, just because that's the way she grew up. Music was always playing, right? And we continue keeping our communities alive by reminding each other that these pieces are important to our communities, that we should learn how to dance them, that we should, again, try to play them. And it's beautiful to see so many younger generations continuing to practice and share these these lessons with everyone so again thank you so much for taking up space for being you and for sharing your own art for those that don't know growing up Melly and i were in a banda for like a cool second um i used to play the saxophone and Melly used to play the clarinet but little miss melina did not like playing the clarinet so we ended up leaving the banda because our parents would make us do everything together. And so that was kind of the end of our music career. But we also had an uncle who was a musician and really emphasized the power of music within our communities. Um, so seeing that on screen was also really impactful, not only to us, but of course to all the other Oaxaqueños out there in bandas who 
I know is a good amount because, you know, jarabes and just music plays a large role in our communities. Really interested to hear what your favorite episode was, what your favorite moment was throughout the entire show. I think Meli and I for sure came to agreement that our favorite moment was at the end of the Koreatown episode, way at the end after the credits, they showed a little snippet of Zelda eating chapulines, and it was just the cutest thing ever. First off, Zelda is so cute. I think Melly and I have mentioned that, like, we just love the fact that she looks like us, but then her eating chapulines, she's not even Oaxaqueña, and she's really grateful for, like, the different foods out there, and she's very open-minded for... A girl like so young and she was like really enjoying those chapulines I'm not sure if you watched that little snippet because it was at the end of the credits um, but if you didn't if you missed it please go back because it was just so funny and cute um, but yeah shout out to all my homegirls who love chapulines with a little bit of lemon and chile but that is kind of the end of today's episode but we did want to leave y'all with a closing question Melly if you want to introduce um their tarea I guess <laughs> if you were to create your own show today what communities would you be highlighting please feel free to let us know on Instagram by commenting or sending us a personal DM at la dot serranita underscore again you can find us on Instagram Spotify and Apple podcast we truly appreciate all of you. May all of you have a great day. Today's song is titled Gardens, brought to you by Linoski's 2014 project, Headphones Only, which you can stream on Spotify and Apple Music. Melly and I specifically are always drawn to Gardens because it includes snippets of um, the movie Stand and Deliver, and it also just focuses on the power of our youth and our communities. Um, just in general, like, if you listen to the whole song, um, you see that it really just emphasizes that we need educators of color to serve students of color. And we were reminded of this through City of Goals, just a new tool for our youth to use in the future. And with that, we leave you with this track titled Gardens by Linoski. Bye, Bye y'all. I've had a couple up and downs, yeah. A couple people died, and a couple trickle down tears. That's part of life, though. You can't live forever. That's why I make this music, so one day I'll be remembered. It's kind of funny how the poor believe in God, and they're happier than most, giving thanks for what they got. Well, maybe not all of them, but you're a good majority. I thought it'd be the other way around. I say it openly, and hopefully, my people never change up their humbleness. That makes me really proud, knowing that I come from this. And maybe I, over time, became sour, cause society wants gardens, but they won't water the flowers. They'll plant a seed. In the desert with the hopes that in the future it can grow to be a really pretty tree They're quick to brush their hands off and turn around and leave And then 18 years later wonder why they don't succeed I only seem to know this cause that's where they planted me But a child cannot properly grow in this environment When you go for a job, the person giving you that job Will not want to hear your problems and neither do I You're gonna work harder than you ever worked before And the only thing I ask from you is ganas Yeah 
desire. I'm a product of society and gardens that it planted And didn't get enough of the water that I wanted I was like six and I didn't get the lesson And I really needed help but a tutor was expensive Most of my friends didn't fathom the material And I was ESL, can you imagine all my feelings bro? It didn't matter, we will pass to the next grade Never understanding shit, thinking it was okay We got to middle school trying to do the same And they thought that we were stupid cause we didn't make the grades We couldn't read, we couldn't write like the best of them But teachers wouldn't spend one on one to get the best of us I think that's why I wanna be a teacher one day To be that motivation on a really shitty Monday Being a teacher, you don't do it for the money Like being underground, you just do it cause it's lovely There will be no free prize, no excuses You already have two strikes against you There are some people in this world Who will assume that you know less than you do Because of your name yeah. and your complexion Let's go to high school now, it's still the same When graduation came, well they didn't read my friends' names They didn't make it cause they didn't get the basics But since elementary, they fucked up our education No child left behind, but there's a bunch of us still back here The day I got my papers, man, I started pouring mad tears I make music from the soul, it's better quality And if I start to teach, man, I have the same mentality I could have been more and had a higher paid job I figured that the youth needed me more than some lame boss The world needs some more Jaime Escalante So stand and deliver the knowledge that you were taught, kid cause if you don't, brother, you'll fall behind them. I know that life has mountains, but I know you can climb them. Stay educated, man. That's all I want to say to you. Because if you get the proper knowledge, man, they'll be afraid of you. Hello, everyone. Okay, we're back. Hopefully, this does sync and save. Bitch, I'm a big gangster. All right. No one heard that. Bye.